me, a good leader is a person who aligns the personal goals of the people who work for them and the, the company goals. And, and so one of the exercises that I always do with my employees is I ask them what they want to become in the next three, five years. Um, even when I'm hiring people and if that doesn't, if I can't help them, they can't help me. That's kind of my mindset. And, um, I try to be really cautious of the mindset that they work for me because the company has to give them an opportunity to become who they want, want to be. And they need to be willing to give the company their full energy and full um, work ethic. Caution. Listening to this podcast may motivate you to make positive changes in your life, identify ways to accelerate your career trajectory and develop a path towards financial freedom. This is the Career Meets World podcast, and I'm your host, Edward Gorbis. And I've spent the last 10 years focused on helping thousands of people advance their career while in parallel teaching a secret recipe to reach financial independence. And I'm here to share the untold stories of successful people and teach thousands of listeners how to develop a growth mindset. Our minds are malleable and everyone has the power to change their mindset through perseverance, dedication, and a passion for learning. So if you're ready to skyrocket your business and financial literacy, turn up the volume and let's dive right in. This is the Career Meets World podcast. Welcome back, podcast family. Today, we are talking to somebody who's incredibly special. He is focused on building a company that is quite frankly exposing culture in so many different organizations. Kyum Kim is one of the co-founders of Blind, which is a trusted community where verified professionals can connect and discuss what matters most throughout every organization. Professionals can anonymously communicate in a private community where channels are open and available across all industries. Blind's a place where over 3 million professionals worldwide share advice, provide honest feedback, improve company culture, and discover relevant career information. Kyum's an incredible human being. He's originally from Korea and has co-founded multiple companies. He's now the head of U.S. operations in the United States. We have so much to unpack today. What's up, Kyum? It is so good to have you on the show today. Uh, It is a beautiful day here in San Francisco, and we're just getting things started together I really appreciate you joining us. How's your day been so far? Um, actually, it's been just, it just started. It's 10 a.m. in San Francisco. Um, and I usually work long hours, longer than other people because of the time zone difference. We have another office in Seoul. And those folks don't um, wake up early for me. So I need to stay, <laughs> stay uh, up late. But, you know, it, it, it's been fine. And uh, yeah, just, just setting my day. Hey, look, there, there's no rule book anymore and people operate on different time zones. Work from home life is very different right now. Uh, given that you're the head of U.S. operations for Blind, which is an incredibly powerful app and tool for so many people right now, your business is widespread. It started off in Korea and I want to make sure we have a good understanding about what Blind is where where it really operates, how it got started. So can you share a little bit about that journey and in the evolution and the growth of Blind? 
Sure. So I should start with the origin story here. <laughs> um, so when I was starting my career, I was living in um, Seoul, South Korea. And um, while I was still in school, my friend called me one day and he wanted me to um, join a startup that he started. So I didn't know, I didn't even know what a startup was. I wasn't even planning to join a startup, but it just seemed fun. It seemed like a um, just group of college kids starting something. So I called my mother and I asked her, um, can I work for a year here? And she was like, yeah, why not? It'd be a good experience. I mean, the business is gonna go down anyways after a year. That's what startups do, they fail. So um, I, I joined the company as a sales rep um uh mainly because i didn't know what other i didn't have any other skills but i love just meeting people so um uh, and i got really lucky because the company grew from about 10 people about 10 people to about 300 within a year and i met a lot of great people including the ceo of blind there and um we as we were hanging out uh we saw the company grow so quickly and we also saw the the um, dynamics of the conversations or communications within the company changed so for example when there were only 10 people within a company uh, we had this email thread where anyone can send out emails to everyone so we would just joke around there we would talk about what's going on in sales customer service product engineering and everyone would just be in the know but as the company got bigger, um, the first thing they did was hire HR. And HR, uh, what, they, what they do is they mitigate risks. And of course they work for the employees, but they don't want anything risky to happen. So they got rid of the email thread. And um, as the company got bigger, different teams started forming, politics started coming in place. And there are now like four, um, four or five different uh, hierarchies within the company. So for me, even like I was a pretty senior um, uh, manager at the company because I joined pretty early. And I was able to talk to CEO probably um, uh, every every single day when the company was small. But when it got bigger, I had to book meetings with them and it, it, the meetings became monthly. And as I mentioned, I met the founder of Blind the, the CEO of Blind at, at this company. And he had this concept of building a third party platform for employees within a company. And he wanted to make it anonymous. So I thought that was a genius idea. And yeah, I, I was asking like, how do I join a team? And that's how this started. So what Blind essentially is, is um, we feel in any corporate around the world, there's this culture of hesitation in communication because um, you hesitate to be honest because you fear retaliation from the company or you fear being judged from your peers. So what we are trying to do is give the freedom to the people to be talk honestly about work. And we do it through um, the power of anonymity. So we give, um, we verify every user or every um, people who come to our platform with their work email. So their identity is verified, but at the same time, we disconnect the verification process with our users. So um, once they're in, they're totally anonymous. So they can talk about 
um, whatever work-related issues ranging from salaries, career progression, um, their boss, all hands, and so forth. So that's what Blight is. I appreciate you sharing that backstory about kind of how that transition evolved, how you became such a big part of the Blind team, what Blind is. Uh, it's an incredibly powerful tool. And as you mentioned, the anonymity part in it enables so many people to speak freely and give them a voice in a way where they might not always be empowered to do so in the workplace, but are essentially speaking to peers or peers at other companies and getting a benchmark on what culture is like within every organization. I see there being such a big place for this in the new workplace culture once we move past the pandemic even more so than it's already been prevalent. So I commend you and the rest of the team for building this out, keep doing the great work and spreading this message. And what I find fascinating is you started this in Korea, where yep. you're originally yep. from. What was that transition like for you personally, moving from Korea to the States? It's not easy for a lot of people, let alone transitioning uh, essentially the work that you were doing there to a new country, a new culture. Can you speak a little bit about what that transition was like? Yeah, um, it was definitely hard. It was, it was very challenging, but... Um, I think it was, I was able to do it because um, the, the whole team, the whole team uh, at Blind, we didn't think too much about it. So this, this was what we thought back then. Uh, we launched in Korea, it was going pretty well. We were getting a lot of traction within the companies we were targeting. And um, this one time, we've always wanted to build a global product because the team had experience building products in Korea. And we thought, you know, like, if there are people, they build organizations. And if organizations have hierarchies, of course, people in the bottom of the hierarchy will have trouble voicing their opinions. And one of the other references, this is hilarious, but was the um, TV show, The Office. So <laughs> when I look at Michael Scott, the boss there, um, there are bosses like that everywhere in the world. And it kind of confirmed that US has, the, the, the United States had those kind of people too. So people, um, he has a terrible sense of humor. He um, uh, doesn't have empathy towards employees and um, people are always talking behind his back. So, hey, like it's a, you know, we, we um, the people in Marenka might need something like this. So, uh, and then we need, we had to decide then who's gonna go to the US. We had six co-founders back then and I was the only one who was able to speak English and who was not married. So I volunteered and I just uh, booked a flight ticket and came to San Francisco. And it all started from there. I could talk more about um, what happened after that. Um, and if, yeah. Please, uh, first, I do wanna agree with you that yeah. The Office is sadly a pretty accurate representation of many office environments. And what's scary is before the internet and before this access to information, we couldn't have a dialogue around the fact that there are so many companies, doesn't matter if you've heard of them or if they're a publicly traded company, this type of behavior, this culture, this type of leadership has persisted throughout America and certainly many other countries as well. So again, I do want to reinforce that the power of blind is providing people an opportunity to surface this, to enable people to have that voice and talk about different leadership styles and hopefully propel a more empathetic culture going forward. So 
yeah, I'd love to hear the rest of that story and, and what that transition was yeah. like once you set foot in San Francisco and started to build out the U.S. operations. Yeah. Um, to talk about like how we started in the U.S., I, I'll take us back to Korea uh, a little bit. So when we launched in Korea, um, we took the Facebook approach where we wanted to make one or two companies successful first, uh, get traction first, and then uh, move into a bigger audience. Because when you have a highly concentrated audience within one company, that that is more much, much more powerful than having um, 10,000 people in 1,000 different companies. So we targeted this company called Naver, which is the biggest company in tech company in Korea. And we just called our friends and we just uh, bought them coffee, bought them drinks and made them sign up physically. I mean, uh, in person, in person. And that's what we did in the US. But the difference was I didn't have any friends. So what I did was I went to Facebook, LinkedIn, um, and there were networking apps where you could swipe right or left depending on their LinkedIn profile, which doesn't exist anymore. But um, using those apps and ha like using mutual friends on LinkedIn or Facebook, I was able to get connected to quite a lot of people. And I just went out and met them and interviewed them on what kind of internal communication tools they use. Um, do you guys have Michael Scotts within your company? Like, what are your frustrations or, or what are you happy about your work? What are you unhappy about your work? You know, we asked a lot of questions and then at the end, we wanted to become their friend. So um, we threw a lot of parties. So, so um, after I came to San Francisco, we thought Amazon would be a great company to launch because there's a lot of people there and um, Amazon's culture is known to be uh, more brutal than other uh, Silicon Valley tech companies. So um, what we did was we got a really nice apartment right next to the Amazon office. We made a lot of Amazon friends and we threw parties every week, inviting them over and made them talk about blind. And what that did was um, it created that critical mass where they could spread the word out to their colleagues and coworkers in many different departments. And um, yeah, I mean, that's how we got our first traction in the US and very interesting thing happened after that. So when um, uh, about three months after we launched Amazon, um, there was a New York Times article uh, talking about Amazon's culture. It was called Inside Amazon. And after the article was um, uh, published in New York Times, what Amazon did was they sent an email out to um, their employees saying that, you know, it was, it was pretty well thought out email. Um, we, if there are any problems, Jeff Bezos said, I would, I would take care of it personally. So email me. And there was a link to, I think there were two or three posts from LinkedIn from an Amazon employee saying, Hey, this is, I work at Amazon and this is not company sponsored post. But I don't think the 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 um, the claims on the article are true. You know, things like there are people crying on their desks and the brutality of the Amazon culture, right? But um, so what was interesting was in these all these like public forums where your identity was attached, like LinkedIn or Facebook, these Amazon employees are saying, "Hey, you know, I saw the article, but I disagree." 
the company is better than that. What happened on Vine was very interesting because people were posting polls. And this is what my friend at Amazon told me. And he said, there was a poll about this specific article. And the question was, do you see those kind of brutal things happening at Amazon? And more than 50% were saying yes. And that's what's interesting about Blind because where do these opinions, or where do these experiences get voiced out? It doesn't really get voiced out in the public channels, but on Blind, it is possible. Super fascinating. And it resonates with me a lot. I think there's a lot of indicators there about, again, what our society is somewhat becoming or trying to embody. And this might be a polarizing statement, but let's go with it. So if we look at the 2016 election and irrelevant of our own personal politics, but if we look at the 2016 election and think through how did our current president become president is he leveraged people who at the time felt like they didn't have a voice or they were in a place where they didn't feel like they could speak comfortably. Right or wrong, that's who they were, how they felt. And what I'm finding personally, and I think we've both seen this, I've worked in corporate America and I've seen this at various companies. I've been a leader myself. I've tried to be an empathetic leader. But what I've realized is that there are so many individual people who feel like they don't have a voice. And what blind is ultimately is a voice for people to speak freely and to be candid about what's happening in their company without the fear of repercussions or fear of being fired or tormented within the workplace by manager or even HR, which we want to believe that HR is there to protect the people, but oftentimes they still need to protect the company and they work for the company. So it's fascinating that that happened. Um, again, third plug for blind, but this is an intentional because I believe in it so much. And the fact that people deserve a voice and that, and companies need to know what's happening at the service level. Cause oftentimes the scariest place is mid-level management. Once a company gets to a certain stature and size, mid-level management more often than not gets away with bad behavior. Are there plenty of great and incredible managers, male or female? Absolutely. But that's often what's not discussed is more around the individual managers who make the day-to-day -day lives of a lot of people really, really difficult, mm -hmm. partly because they're projecting their own insecurities and, and fears against these people themselves. So again, I'm, I'm glad there's a place, there's a voice. It's awesome that you're getting so much traction. And now I've seen pretty much every large company, every FANG company, on blind. So let's continue that momentum. Let's continue to spread that kind of voice for the people. That's the main mission. And I do want to dive back into you personally, as you made this kind of transition to the States. You clearly rolled up your sleeves and rolling up your sleeves isn't always a bad thing when you're throwing awesome parties for employees at Amazon. Clearly you're doing work, but there's an element of fun to it. But what I see is this element of tenacity and this work ethic that comes into play. How do you now as a leader who promotes good behavior, how do you kind of project this out into your own company, into the culture that you're building at Blind? So when you're working with a lot of people, um, sometimes you get stuck in this loop where you need to worry about this, you need to worry about that. 
Um, you need to worry about their feelings. And, but I, I try to make sure that, um, first of all, if, even if you make a mistake, there's no repercussions. So, and that I think promotes transparency. So let's say somebody um, sent out an email to a customer, uh, like, uh, by the way, we don't have any emails on blinds, so we can't do that. But um, let's say we, we sent out uh, a push notification that had a very bad word um, and a member of our community team did that. Um, this person probably did it because they wanted to build traction. They wanted to um, get more user attraction, right? And, but if we start, um, uh, if, I, if I start uh, humiliating that person in, in front of all the teams, then uh, what happens is this person wouldn't make do any challenges, right? So what I try to do is I try to make those mistakes public, but at the same time, I try to make sure that um, there's no uh, retaliation because of that. And that's how I um, started Blind and that's how I um, got traction in the United States because we tried many different things. And I think about 70, 80% were of them failed and about 10% of them are, were really stupid. But the, the um, remaining 10% worked really well. And I think that's what, how we got here. So um, yeah, that, that is the culture that we try to promote. And that is the, um, the type of people that we try to hire. Excellent. And culture is a difficult thing to build initially, let alone to maintain. And it takes a lot of work. And I, I want people to understand that it's not easy to maintain culture as you scale. So there's probably a reason why larger companies lose a lot of that culture and there become microcultures within an organization. So I hope that you can maintain that with your leadership team as you build it out. And again, I want to kind of zoom out from blind and really think about Kyum as an individual and how you think, how you operate, because it takes a lot of effort to build up a company like this. So let's get to know you. Let's really yeah. dig into your background on how you think, how you operate. If you mm. kind of rewind, you brought up your mom for a second and mm. kind of wanting some validation there when you're starting out your career. Can you talk a little bit more? I'm actually curious myself to sure. learn more about Korean culture, what it's like to grow up within that type of a family. I personally grew up in a family that is from Ukraine. So I have that Soviet mentality and has a very distinct <laughs> culture. So yeah. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what life in Korea is like, mm. what it's like from a parent perspective and anything else you want to share from there on? Mm. Sure. Um, so let me, let me take off my uh, uh, blind co-founder hat and <laughs> go into our personal. Um, so when I was growing up, I, my reference, you, you know, like for anyone, the biggest career reference is your, is your father or your, your mother. But my, my mother was, um, uh, uh, she, she, she wasn't working. So, and my dad worked for the government and think about how conservative the organization is when, um, you have a government, uh, uh, when you have a dad who is working in the government. But, um, so at growing up, I thought I was going to be working in a corporate or, um, working for the government in big organizations. Um, and my, I think my parents expected that too. Um, 
but uh, I think the biggest shift in my mindset came from the days when I was in the army, actually. <laughs> it was just pretty interesting. Um, so when I went to the army, there are very weird rules within the Korean army. For example, um, when you're a private, um, there are things you can't do, including um, uh, including going to the supermarket within the uh, army base alone. <laughs> you can't go alone. You have to accompany someone else. So there are like these all these weird rules that makes no sense because all these people are adults, and I, I can see your I can I, I can see how you're surprised by it, but you know it is true. What's the logic behind it, if there is any? Um, it's just to make people behave, and it's just to um, make sure there's a hierarchy, which you know I think is totally um, inefficient. And um, a lot of times, these young army soldiers they have no sense of managing management or or, or responsibility, so it becomes very corrupt very very easily. So. What I learned there is um, if all these rules exist and they make no sense, like what about the rules outside of this world, outside of this little world? And so I, looking, I started looking at the outside world, the society I'm going to go back to because I, I've been in the army. I did two years of military service. Um, once I go out of here, um, let's look at it from that lens. Instead of like thinking, oh, all these rules exist and I should obey them, let's think of it the opposite way. What? Um, and so instead of opting in, so instead of opting out, let's opt in to these rules selectively. And that really changed my mindset. And um, so before I had that mindset, if my friend told me, oh, hey, do you want to work in a startup? That was outside my rules because my dad worked for the government and all his friends work for big corporates. But now my thought process changed is, is um, do I need to work for big corporates? I started asking questions and I think that really helped us, I mean, helped me open up to very, um, uh, like a lot of new opportunities. Which is great, uh, partly because you shifted your mindset. And that's what we try to preach here at Career Meets World is that mm -hmm. consistent notion that we have it within us to change. It's more about having introspection and reflection and mm -hmm. questioning the world. Oftentimes, mm -hmm. especially in countries that have a lot of discipline poured down from the top, mm -hmm. whether it be through the government, through the military, it's really difficult to question anyone. You take yeah. everything for face value. There's a lot of propaganda that comes out from the media. And we, we often take that for granted in America. And I don't want anyone to lose sight of that because that's such an important yeah. point. And yeah. when you're taught that and are able to overcome that, I love the fact that you started questioning it. Where do you think this like self-belief or drive came from to to want to question the structure that's put in front of everyone and most people continue to follow it um i think um part of it was um the american influence because i i lived in dc uh when i was in middle school for uh for a couple of years that's why i speak english <laughs> and i yeah going back longer 
I remember um, uh, being in school in, in, in DC, uh, going to middle school in DC and then um, going back to Korea. And um, there was legit violence in, in, in middle schools in Korea. <laughs> so they would spank you literally with a stick if you do something wrong. Uh, I'm not sure if you have that experience, but um, that just seems so wrong to me. <laughs> right there. So, so I, I started questioning the teacher, like, oh, why are you spanking people? And I, I still remember the, the, the facial expression on his face. Like, it, it was more like, it was, he wasn't angry. It was more like he saw something very weird <laughs> because no one would question him before. So, yeah, I think my days, my middle school days in America, kind of influenced me and maybe, and I think the military kind of reinforced that, oh, you know, there's something wrong with it. I should be questioning it and I should be opting in instead of opting out from all these rules. Yeah. I can't imagine your teacher's facial expression trying to realize that a student is actually questioning authority, which is probably where that feeling was coming for, for from that individual. And what I really want to think about now is as you've developed your mindset, right? You started to question society. You ultimately went into an open mindset where a startup world is for me. You started to trend towards maybe we call it the American lifestyle, but what I love about American culture is an openness to thought, even though obviously there's a lot of people judging you for that thought, at least there's a willingness and openness to it. And it allows every human being to at least think about what do I want? What do I care about? Now, how you act on it is very different. You chose to take action. You chose to go and join your friend at this startup and you're building something incredible now. So one of the things as, as we talk about a lot on the Career Meets World podcast uh, is really helping unpack how individuals think about personal finance. Because as we continue to grow in our careers, we hopefully make more and more money, but people do different things with their finances. And again, I think coming from a different culture, growing up in a different place, we're taught really different things. So as Blind is becoming more successful, I'd love to learn more about your own relationship with finances, how you think about it, what was taught to you. So can you start with how Korean people might look at finances and what the expectation there is with personal money management? Um, first of all, uh, I think this is a problem that every society is facing, um, which, and I think in general, people lack financial literacy because, so they don't even know the basic concepts like, you know, what does bonds mean? You know, what does, um, what does interest mean, right? And that was me, that was me 10 years ago. And I feel like I still don't understand many of the concepts. So um, I think all the capitalist societies are bound for this like financial disparity between people who know and people who don't know. And um, to give you an example, when I first started my career at that company, I didn't receive any stock options because I didn't know what stock options were. <laughs> but um, there was, uh, 
there was a friend of mine who joined from who went to Penn in the United States, and she joined this company as a, a marketing leader. She got stock options because she knew what it was, and later that made a huge difference. So, um, I think personal finance is you know you you definitely have to invest your time into knowing what um, how other people are doing it and knowing what your rights are. And I think the second step is like asking for it. So, you know, there are a lot of like opportunities within your company even to negotiate terms that um, might matter to you personally. And I think I've missed a lot of those opportunities in the last 10 years as well. And um, I'm still learning. So I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert or I'm doing my personal finance as well, but um, just acknowledging the need to know and having a mindset again to um, say like, you know, what is, what is default is not the rules. You, know, you, can, you can always negotiate, you can always ask for more. I think that is a good start to have for um, everyone who's starting their career. I appreciate your willingness to share transparently what your relationship was like, because oftentimes it's the things that Nobody wants to discuss at work. I'm actually curious if people talk about it on blind, but we'll get to that in a second. But it's important to understand the basics, the fundamentals. And it's really stood out to me that you talked about capitalistic societies and the disparity in knowledge because schools don't teach the same information, which is a huge part of why I started this business is that I want to help educate people the basics and fundamentals and provide that air traffic control and route people in the right direction to learn and understand that it's so important that as you start your career, we have these tools, we have the knowledge, we have the basics down to make more intentional and intellectual decisions as it relates to financial decisions. Because missing out on something like stock options can potentially make or break the trajectory of your career, of your path forward. So again, continue to learn, continue to seek out ways to do that. I'm curious, what are you doing today to amplify your knowledge and learn more about kind of that financial world and what you can do with your own personal finances? So what I'm personally doing right now is um, I've set these micro goals, micro financial goals. And I've just started putting money into different areas, including like crypto, including um, like stocks. Uh, and um, also I have this big goal of buying a house. So I started looking into all my assets and that has really helped me kind of build a strategy on what to do going forward. And um, I feel sorry to myself that I didn't have that before. I, I didn't even start it before because it has, helped me so much kind of um, plan things out. Again and again, I hear the same story where really intelligent and successful people wish they knew a lot of this information early on and how to plan, how to think through what their goals are. And I really like that concept of micro goals, breaking things down into bite-sized pieces that were able to achieve whatever our goal is, whether it be buying a home, whether it be setting some sort of financial metric for ourselves in the future for retirement one day. But again, breaking things down, setting a clear strategy is the way to go. 
and and Kyum, if you're interested, I was super passionate about what it's like to to buy a home because I had no information either. And everything is very disparate on the internet and there's nothing succinct around it. So after my wife and I bought part of Career Meets World on our financial pages, I decided to write a full-blown detail on all the step-by-step pieces that you need to buy a home and all the specific things that you need to think through, whether it's starting from budgeting all the way to finding a realtor to actually closing a home. So could be helpful for you or other people thinking about buying a home, but it's just one example of what it's like to set a lot of those goals and, and piece together a plan for yourself. That's the ultimate piece to the puzzle, which is how do we build this strategy moving forward, regardless of whether it's our financial or career goals. So again, I appreciate you sharing a lot of that. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I do want to dig into whether or not you're seeing any interesting trends on blind as it relates to individual employees at small or large companies talking about either stock options or personal finances. Are there any interesting nuggets around that realm? One of the happiest moments as a founder at Find and as the employees at Find, from what the employees have told me is, we get a lot of thank you blind posts. And um, uh, the title of the post is literally thank you blind. And there's usually a story of a person who didn't know they were worth this much, uh, whether it be salary, like stock options. And, but they find out through blind because there are a lot of people who are successful and they work really hard and they ask for help, ask for advice. So how do I become so someone like you. And after they get their advice, they work hard and they apply for these companies and they, their salary goes, um, their, their salary uh, doubles or triples. And they post thank you blind posts, sharing all their experience and their interview advice and how they prepared. And it, it's just a virtual cycle. So um, an interesting pattern that I see is when you, first of all, when you make a this anonymous platform, you don't need an agenda to share these kind of information. So if I'm if I'm Kyum and I go on LinkedIn, I post started posting tips, then people will think, hey, you know, he's he's posting things because he wants to um, become famous or you know he he wants to get his name out. But if I'm anonymous and I'm sharing all this, it's just for out of goodwill, and that ha- happens a lot on blind. And when you open up an anonymous discussion, what, what I found out is there's actually more people sharing these kind of information because um, they don't want to be judged in these public forums. And then what happens is people who weren't in the know, they, they search for these kind of information, they, they um, look, for, look for it and they start asking questions and they become someone they, they aspire to. And then they, they start sharing their own tips after they have succeeded. So that's why that's, that's really fascinating thing that I saw in the last six years um, after we launched in the US. I love that. And it's so powerful because yeah. it's just people helping people. And the beauty with any business is building out community. And that's what you've done. And you've done this in actually an anonymous way, but it's clearly helped people. I love the fact that people are sharing stories and correlating it to blind, actually providing them that assistance. So continue building that out. 
Um, and again, as we're somewhat coming to a close, I, I do want to ask you a couple more specific questions around yeah, sure, sure. just blind as a whole and what the, what the next vision for the company is like, what are the next steps to really grow and expand the company beyond just the States? In the States, we are pretty dominant in the tech industry, as you know, and, um, we have quite a, quite quite a lot of people working in finance, working um, using Blind as well. And I think one of the reasons is um, a lot of finance companies are becoming tech companies and there's a lot of tech talent within these finance industries. But I think this trend is gonna continue. So every industry is gonna basically have to implement some kind of tech. And surprisingly, we're seeing traction in like oil companies now. and um, uh, traditional retail companies like uh, Lowe's, Walmart, those kind of companies. So um, I think we have a long way to go in terms of um, expanding into different industries in the U.S. because there's just so many, so much people and so much industries here. And that excites me because um, what is different, what U.S. is different from Korea spe specifically is Korea is a country where you have this one city metropolitan area and half of the population lives there. But in the US, you have four time zones and there's a lot of different segments of people. If we could connect these people under one theme, which is professionalism and work, I think that's gonna be a really, really powerful platform in the States. And of course, globally, um, we do have users from Europe, we do have users from India and Canada, but um, once we penetrate within the US, I think that's gonna give us, uh, um, uh, put us in a much better position to penetrate into other global cities as well. Right, so it seems like you're more so looking at going through every vertical in the US before you move on to other nations, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. So look, um, I really appreciate you sharing everything kind of around blind, your personal career, your upbringing in Korea. But as we close, every guest gets to go through our hot seat where we ask you specific questions about yourself, but try to challenge you and really sure. dig into more information about Kyum. So Kyum, are you ready? Yeah, go, go for it. <laughs> Let's do this. So Imagine that you could grow up in any country. Which country would it be and why? Um, does it have to be different from the country I grew up in? Could be Korea if you want to double down on it. Um, I, I would choose Korea, honestly. And I choose Korea because um, the country started its democracy less than 100 years ago. But the pace it has um, developed is just amazing. I mean, I, I, this is my own country, so, but, so I might be biased. And the, the, I think it's one of the most dynamic countries in the world where you can visibly see the change happening real time. So um, if I um, had to choose a place to be born again, um, I would choose Korea because I would love to see what kind of changes would happen within the next 30, 20, 30 years. And I would like to experience it when I'm younger because <laughs> that's always exciting. Yeah. 
I love the fact that you are proud of where you're from. You have the sense of nationalism for the country, but clearly South Korea has especially embraced democracy and has enabled so many people to be more forward thinking than it used to be. Mm-hmm. So given that you talk about leadership so much and it's something that you promote and value, what are some of the characteristics of a really good leader that you would recommend anyone embody? So to me, a good leader is a person who aligns the personal goals of the people who work for them and the, the company goals. And, and so one of the exercises that I always do with my employees is I ask them what they want to become in the next three, five years. Um, even when I'm hiring people and if that doesn't, if I can't help them, they can't help me. That's kind of my mindset. And, um, I try to be really cautious of the mindset that they work for me because the company has to give them an opportunity to become who they want, want to be. And they need to be willing to give the company their full energy and full, um, work ethic. So, um, I think aligning those two goals, like individual goals and the company goals is one of the biggest things that a leader should do. Awesome. I love that. And alignment with individuals is definitely a great way to lead because you have your employees buy into the grander mission and purpose of the organization or the team, and it creates a sense of unity. So I commend you for thinking that way and operating that way as well. So lastly, given that you are a crypto enthusiast and you love that side of things, you know I'm passionate about it. If you were to describe Bitcoin to your mom right now, how would you describe it to her? That's a tough question. Um, um, I, I wouldn't go into the details of the algorithms because my mom wouldn't understand. I mean, I'm not sure if I understand, but this is what I believe in. Uh, maybe it aligns with um, like my uh, change mentality before the military and after military is that um, there's always this system that exists and there are always challengers. And I think Bitcoin is the most likely challenger to the to existing financial system. And that's why I have some stake in it because it might become really, really successful. Um, with the concept of decentralization. I like that. Uh, It's definitely on the cusp of becoming something really powerful and we're not going to get into all the details today. (laughs) Maybe I'll put together a solo cast around uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin actually because there's so much value in it. And again, it's an up and coming trend. It's an up and coming technology. It's disrupting the financial systems in a lot of different and positive ways. And it's just gonna take some time to see that adoption. Um, But you survived the hot seat. So I commend you for for going through that. I hope the questions weren't too challenging. Kyum, I love what you're building. I love what you're putting out into the world. I love how you've helped people along with your team. You've taken a leap of faith. You've worked on your own personal mindset. There's so many things that you're doing well. And I see that you're continuing to grow. You're looking at things to better yourself, your team. And that's what's awesome. And I hope that our audience can take bits and pieces away from your past, understand that culture is different everywhere and be a little bit more empathetic. 
if that's the one message you and I could share today is that people walk away with a little bit more empathy and understand that everyone's going through something different. Everyone is going through different challenges. Amidst the pandemic or no pandemic, there are always challenges in every single person's life, life every single day. So let's be empathetic. Let's work on this together. Let's prosper community. And Blind's a great platform for people in the corporate setting. And kick ass, Kyum, thank you for joining. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It was, uh, it was really fun. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Career Meets World podcast. I would love to get to meet you. There are a couple of ways we can connect. You know I love my LinkedIn. Simply search for Career Meets World or Edward Gorbis and feel free to connect. Second is via Instagram at Career Meets World. And third is through our website. I have a special spot for you full of fun, free resources. All you have to do is go to careermeetsworld.com, subscribe to our newsletter, and we'll provide you the free resources to help you boost your career and reach financial freedom. And if this podcast was helpful to you in any way, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. This helps us help more people. Simply tap the rate with five stars and leave a sentence with what you liked about the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, strengthening your growth mindset is your ticket to success. I'm Edward Gorbis, and we'll catch you on next week's episode.